You are listening to I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a podcast for the creative visionary. A backstage look at the creative process from the imaginations that bring it to life. Hello, Hello theater, theater family. family. I'm Travis. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to another episode of I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a podcast for the creative visionary. Today, I'm kind of on my own. <laughs> As an as an interviewer, <laughs> as an interviewer, because we're gonna do a theater reflections episode on Susical, and today's guest, who has never been interviewed by himself, is Mr. Travis Chaput. Hi, everybody. <laughs> this is kind of weird. Isn't it a little weird? I feel a little weird. <laughs> It's kind of nice to flip it because it reminds me of like when you interviewed me. You right. Know, I get to interview you. A hundred percent. So this is really fun. So because Travis has never been solo interviewed, we're going to do theater family questions. Oh no. So. I've been preparing for this my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> you should have snap and the, the amount of times that we've an- asked these questions. I should, should have snap back answers. You should have snap back answers. So before we get into those, though, we should preface this whole podcast by saying if this sounds different, it's because it is yes, different. Yes, we have um, done some upgrading to the podcast. Um, we are on a two mic system now. Two mic system. Two fancy mics now. So um, we're going to be coming at you with some better sound quality. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, this is a test. That's why we're test. just it, having me on this one. <laughs> if it's awful, we won't do this again. We have no one to blame but ourselves. No one to blame but ourselves. Okay. But to get into your theater family questions. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so what is your favorite role that you've played so far? on or off stage and I have a feeling it's going to be on stage. Do you want one of each like because you've been in some straight plays and musicals? Um or do you have like one I have pivotal one, role I have one pivotal played? one that really has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um when I was Lumiere in Beauty I and the Beast. I was going to be Lumiere. <laughs> that was everything. Um <laughs> so and I've said this before on podcasts as it's just kind of come up but Growing up, Beauty and the Beast was everything. I mean, I think we went through like four or five different copies of the VHS when I was a child. Because you watched it so much? Yeah, because we watched it so much. My dad worked nights when he was a flight simulator technician. So he was asleep in like the walk-in closet in my parents' room (laughs) on an air mattress during the day because it was the darkest place in the house where he could sleep. there's no windows. And my mom had me in the living room in our townhouse in Apple Valley just trying to like keep me freaking quiet so the only thing that kept me like entertained for longer than a minute was beauty and the beast (laughs) and so we watched it on a freaking loop so (laughs) i've been preparing for that role my entire life is that the role that you like in the movie that you always wanted to be i i liked a lot of the roles i always like as i got older and i thought about it i thought that that just from like a comedic standpoint and everything that that would probably be the one that would um, be the best fit mm-hmm. but like every time the beast would go up and like run his hand like through his portrait in the beginning when they're telling the whole story my yeah. mom said I would stand next to the TV and just like, <laughs> run my hands like across the TV at the same time and stuff when I was a kid so I mean I was they did it my junior year of high school and you didn't audition for and it. I wasn't well you couldn't audition 
So the concert choir in oh, Aiken is who puts on the musical. And you weren't in concert choir. Right. So the only people that get to audition for the musical are those that are already in the choir. Side note, that's stupid. Right. <laughs> I never have liked that system. That Because there were a lot of kids that did like one act play and stuff with me that maybe weren't involved in the yeah. choir, but would have loved to have been in the musical, but never were able to because is they just Is it still the same way the there? Thing. Yeah, it is the same that's way. That's really stupid. Like I get... Maybe it's like a final project for the concert it choir. It is considered like the spring project. Okay. Yeah, they do. Or the spring um, concert or something. Yeah, they like have that. like a pop concert after that too mm-hmm. where they go to like the vocal competition and they sing and dip like their exemplary remarks and stuff. And then those kids get to sing solos and things at the pop concert. Okay. But like around the March, April time frame, that's when the musical usually goes up. And that's like the big project for everybody for the year. That seems silly to me. Yeah. You have to be in concert choir if you want to do it. Yeah, that's just musical. always how it's been in Aiken. So I I watched all my friends perform in it and I hated it that I wasn't in it. So um, you joined concert choir out of spite? Well, I joined concert choir the next year. Um, yeah, and that's when I got to do my first musical, which we can probably talk about later. Yeah. Um, but I um, got the opportunity to audition for Beauty and the Beast like 12 years later um, with Lauren Nickish up with the Greater Lakes Area Performing Arts. Shout out to Lauren Nickish. Shout out to Lauren Nickish. <laughs> she was our director. Um hey. Yeah, she came and saw me in uh, the production of The Odd Couple that I was doing at Stage North Theater Company, and she thought that I was really funny, and she asked me if I sang, and I said, yeah, I do, and she invited me to come up for the auditions, and I did, and there were like a hundred and some odd people that auditioned for that show. That's so insane it's for like crazy. a crazy community Makes me super nervous show. for The Little Mermaid. We're going to have to be super hyper organized for those auditions. Um, but yeah, we had like a hundred plus people audition and she asked me if I wanted to be Lumiere and I gave her a resounding yes and, and I had the time of my life. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's one of those shows. I've had a couple of them. Like one of those shows that just sneaks into your heart and you're like, utterly broken when like the run is over oh yeah are we doing two more shows let's do two more shows we can do two more shows right every single one was sold out some people came back four or five different times out of a seven show run well it's it's crazy disney this thing yeah no it's like people say kids put butts in seats disney Disney plus kids you're done you're done you're sold out that's why we're doing nine performances of little mermaid because there's just not gonna be enough space (laughs) well i hope you sell out all nine performances of little mermaid i hope hope i'm in the little mermaid we will see what happens I'm going to fight somebody. I have a specific <laughs> role in mind that I want to be in. <laughs> a little I love it. I'm going to fight somebody. I'm going to fight somebody. So, I mean, I'm just saying, if I'm going to put it out here right now, I'm going to put it out on blast. If you is coming for the Sebastian role, come to fight. Put Vaseline <laughs> on your face, boys and girls, because it's going to get catty up there. <laughs> come to fight. Come to fight. Put your, put your acrylics on. Make sure they double stamped. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but moving on, so what is your dream role slash show? I know you have so many shows that you want to be a part I know. of. And I feel like we just talked about it, too. I know, um, um, that you want to be a part of. So, well, you know Mean Girls, the musical is out now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Damien Hubbard and I have always had a special connection. Because um, you are too gay to function sometimes. I, I am. I'm <laughs> way too gay to function most days. I super am. Yeah. And I say that with love and endearingness for myself and all other LGBTQA plus community members that might be listening. But yeah, I've got the corner market on 
like gays in the theater right now in community theater. <laughs> my mom even told me when I started doing community theater again, she was like, maybe you'll meet somebody. It's a false statement. <laughs> I'm once again the only homo within a hundred mile radius that's on that freaking stage and it's freaking hilarious to me. But that's why we always tell boys they're just like, I don't know how to meet girls. Join community Join theater. community theater. <laughs> yeah, people think the gays should do it, and I'm like, no, all you straighties need to get up in there because... At least in our area, anyway. Yeah, I, there are tons of females that are just like, oh, hey, you have a sensitive side? Awesome. Oh, my gosh, you like to sing and dance? Right. That's so cool. 100%. I'm, like, really interested in that. But... Uh, yeah, that's how that works. Dream roll, come on. So, dream roll. Damien Hubbard and I have always had a special connection. Um... I, I know there's more than one answer. To this there question. are there are four answers to this actually. <laughs> um, so the first musical I ever saw professionally done mm-hmm. was Hairspray. Oh. Um, so that was done my it was my senior year of high school and th- Brian Johnson, who was our choir director, he was taking the Madrigal Singers down to see the production that was coming. I think it was at either the Orpheum or the Ordway. I can't remember which one it was at. Mm-hmm. It was a traveling production of it. And one of the Madrigal singers couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I would like to go in their place. And you were like, a thousand percent yes. Yeah, and I said, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I really would like to go. And this was right, I think it was right before or right after we finished doing Guys and Dolls that year. Okay. Um, that was the first musical I was ever in. Mm-hmm. So this one was the first one I'd ever seen like done professionally. And it was insane. <laughs> I don't think, I think some of the group spent more time watching my face watching the show than actually watching the show. Like I didn't take my eyes off what was happening for a second. Like I was so enthralled with everything that was going on. Do you and I just kept saying to myself, I'm going to do this someday. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do this someday. And yeah, and I just saw um, Edna Turnblad because that's usually a gender bender role. And I've always wanted to do one of those. Um, so Edna Turnblad was my first like dream role in musical theater that I will will do one day. Yes, it needs to happen. I really want to do it badly, <coughs> badly, badly. But yeah, so Edna Turnblad is probably top. Um, of the dream roles that I would need to do. Um, other ones that I would want to do. I'd want to be Elder Cunningham um, in the Book of Mormon. Hello. Um, <laughs> my name is Elder Um Anytime anybody says hello around me, like, I just immediately, or if I hear a doorbell, it's over. (laughs) It's literally a visceral automatic reaction that happens now. Um, But yeah, so that one, um, Damien, Edna, and, um, oh God, I forgot the fourth one. I've seen it before, though. I can't remember what it is. Um, Sorry, I'm slowly dying. Oh, probably Jeremy Jordan's role from the last five years, too. That's another one I really want to do. Oh, okay. Someday. That's a heavy vocal role that I would like to do. Heavy, heavy. So many things. <laughs> All the heavy. All the heavy. Because... Me. <laughs> heavy. Um, all right. So with the amount of shows that you've recently, you know, you kind of fell off the face of the map <laughs> after high school and then started up again. Right. Um, have you ever had an embarrassing moment that you can remember in either rehearsal or show? Um, there's been, I wouldn't know, like, I don't necessarily call them embarrassing. I haven't had anything that's like scarred me. 
I've had like <laughs> there's been like flubs <laughs> on stage that have happened. Um, like I remember during Young Frankenstein rehearsals, it was really funny. It's more of a blooper than anything. But Nick and I were doing the scene right before we do together again. So we're like at the train station. Mm-hmm. And so I I had already like called him Dr. Frankenstein. He he corrects me and says, oh, it's Frankenstein. I'm like, oh, you're pulling my leg and all this stuff. So then I call him master. And he the line is, oh, master, you must be Igor. Uh-huh. And I go, oh no, it's pronounced Igor, and that's like the that's the thing because like joke. I have a different yeah. pronunciation for my name too. Yep. But we get to the rehearsal, and he goes, oh master, you must be Igor, and I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was this during rehearsal or was this during show? This was during rehearsal. Okay. Because you guys like, were all out of the this. audience, and I just oh, looked at yeah. him and I was like. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> we all died laughing. And we, like there was nowhere to go from there, and Nick dropped it. Like Nick broke, and it was like, uh, okay, let's start over, do it again. No, it was really funny because <laughs> Nick, if you've ever had the chance to work with him, it's really funny when he screws up the line. Uh, the f bomb is his. <laughs> oh, it's his go to. <laughs> it's his favorite word. One hundred percent go to. It suddenly becomes his favorite word. So it was just like you were like, yep, and he's like, he's. Like it was silent. Yep. All of us are laughing on the audience, and then he was just like, oh. "Yeah." He looked at me like, "What do you mean, yep?" And I was like, "Well, that is my name. Like, <laughs> not much more I can do with it, it's, but there's, there's you know." Not, and he realized what he did, and it was super funny. There's but. not any more that I can I can manage with that. So. Um. Yeah. So there was that, um, and I've actually had to sing on stage a cappella twice. That's my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So we were doing the production of She Loves Me. I was playing George Novak. He was the lead. And there's this song called Tonight at Eight in the towards the beginning of the show. Um, so I'm singing that song and the first half of it is going really well. And then it's like this separation point where I hit this music box off the center pedestal and it opens up and it plays this song and then we close it and then Mm -hmm. the song comes back in and we do the second half of the song. Okay. So the sound cue is going for the box and I close the box, I set it down on the table and then like Ben Gordon and I are looking at each other just kind of like catching our breath and then the music's supposed to go in like a beat after that. And you're just like... And I stood there and looked at him and I was looking at him for the longest time it felt like. It felt like I was standing there forever. It was no more than maybe 15 seconds at anything. And I just... He looked at me and I realized, I was like, okay, it's not coming back on. I have to keep singing. So I just started singing the rest of the song completely a cappella, doing all the motions, everything. He He was totally professional about it, acted along with me. And then the song ended and I'm like down on my knees with my arms out like in this final pose and nobody knew what to do because I like it just went quiet. Oh, and then the no. audience realized that, oh, OK, he's done. And then they started clapping. <laughs> like they all had to come to the realization <laughs> that, that, that like, happened. Oh, but the person who happened. was running the sound like had looked away for a second and she missed the cue and she didn't even realize it until I was up there singing again. Oh, no. And it just went that way. And the same thing happened in Legally Blonde. We were in the middle of a, a song. And those sound cues were a little more difficult. And the technical director just did not hit the go thing for the next part. And then you're just like, crap, crap, crap. Yeah. Crap, and those, crap, like crap, I said, crap, the sound cues were super hard. So by the time like you figured it out, there was no way of like finding it. You just had to sing your way all the way to the next one before oh, he could so skip to it. So it was just like... 
Because it wasn't cut like it. Like, yeah, when well, we had to like put different starts and stops in there okay. to make it all time out to the way we had blocked everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we had to, once it cut, there was no, uh, there was no way of him knowing where to like drag the cursor or anything to get me caught up or get him caught up with me where I was. It was either, it's sing until I can hit play again. <laughs> yeah, he had to wait until the next break where he was like, okay, and go. That's where okay. that goes. But yeah, so those things have happened, but we power through them. That's the magic <laughs> of live theater. We make, an, we make it a point to power exactly. through. All right. So what is your just inspiration for being a part of community theater? Um, I have always loved the theater arts. I've always loved performing. I've always loved singing. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing in life when I started doing community theater again. Mm -hmm. If this was not too deep, you'd probably tell me to stop, but we're going to go a little deep right now. We're going to give people a little insight. We have to talk um, about feelings now. So <laughs> when I started in community theater, I had just hit like the rock bottom of what okay. I would consider the lowest point of my life. Okay. I had lost my job. I had just bought a car that I couldn't afford. I was making really stupid decisions. Um, as far as like where I was spending my money, what I was spending my money on. Mm -hmm. um, just I was a really, my, my mental space wasn't all there. Okay. So when that happened, I moved back in with my family. Um, luckily, they took me. I wouldn't have <laughs> taken me if I was them, but they took me back. Um, and we had like kind of a come to Jesus talk where it was like, okay, these are the things you need to do to like get yourself better. Okay. And I actually went to therapy for a little bit and I did about, um, five or six weeks of therapy, um, just to kind of figure things out, talk things through with people. Um, then my, my, you know, my therapist and kind of come to terms with what I was doing. Um, and about three sessions in, you know, we, it had come up that I really liked theater and. You know, I had just not done it anymore. And she said, well, why don't you start doing it again? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know how. Like, I, I don't know how they do it here. I've just never researched it, never done anything about it. And, like, the next day the paper came out and there were auditions for A Christmas Carol over at Stage North Theater Company. Oh. So it was kind of like the stars were aligning and this whole path was sort of opening up. So that was the first audition that I ever did in community theater was the first production that Stage North Theater Company ever did. Like, it's kind of cool because, like, I was starting a new life and they were starting a new company. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I just kind of saw this happening. And I said, no, no, no matter what I get, no matter what I am, if I'm anything, like, at least I'll have this experience. Yeah. And I went in and I was really nervous and I auditioned and um, I was cast as Bob Cratchit which is ridiculous because I'm like, that's the second male lead. Um, okay. Didn't think that was going to happen at all. Well, you did something enough to impress Gary Hirsch as the director, right? Yeah, yeah he was the director. Well, at that, time, at that time, it was both Gary and Kevin. Okay. They had founded it together. Okay. Um, and yeah, I remember reading it and I remember reading the monologue. They had a monologue um, that was Scrooge's monologue in the in the show okay um but he you everybody read it mm -hmm. essentially just to see if you could read just to see if i could read um and i remember looking at gary and gary looking at me and he had you know these really nice 
like bright eyes of what I had done. And then he brought down this child, but I have no idea who they were. Um, and I read the end scene with them as Scrooge, where I'm like, oh, go get me that turkey or what? <laughs> like, you know, at the end where he's like shouting from his window and he's like, what? Oh, day he's is like, it? go get the biggest what, bird you yeah, can find. Yeah, the biggest bird you can find yeah. and everything. And mm-hmm. um, so I read that. And then he wanted to bring down somebody else to read Scrooge and he wanted me to read Bob Cratchit and he was like searching for my audition form. He's like, where is Travis's form? Where is Travis's form? I can't lose Travis's form. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, okay, I'm doing something right. Like he obviously (laughs) is very concerned about my form. Um, And then he stood me next to Bill Musil and we read one scene together and he asked us to stand next to each other and he stared at us for about a minute and then he told me I could go home. (laughs) <laughs> and then you get a call. <laughs> and it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. And then like two days later, I got a call and he offered me the part of Bob Cratchit. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was amazing. I met all these amazing people. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to meet um, Brie Karen. I got to meet Mark Oliphant. I got to meet, um, well, I guess re-meet Stephanie White. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some stuff in college. Like we had some college classes together. Okay. Um, and then... Like, we knew of each other, but we never, like, built a friendship kind of thing. Um, And she ended up playing my wife, you know? (laughs) So there was, like, this really weird kind of cosmic align of all these people that I got to connect with. And I got to build this amazing connection with people. Got to build this little theater family. Yeah, and that's what started it all. And then I just haven't stopped. Well, good. So so I guess my mom and dad were kind of my inspiration, like, long story short, for getting me back into it. Because my mom really pushed me to do it. Well, yeah, yeah. The quote that you always like reference is just a shout out to Mrs. Shapu. Thank you. Shout out to Mama Shapu. Hi, Thank Molly. You. Thank you, Mama Shapu. Um, <laughs> is and I I think about it because it's something like when you're nervous, and she said it to you, like you wouldn't be so nervous if you didn't care so much. I want to get it put like on a t-shirt for like our merch or something. Like, you're only <laughs> nervous like, because you care. I want to like needle point it and like put it up somewhere in my house because it's such a, like a great piece of advice mm-hmm. because you wouldn't. You you If you didn't care, if you were, you know, if you were off in your own little word, you're like, well, whatever's fine. But I mean, some, but some people are off in the mm, whatever's fine type mm-hmm. of... But if you're making an effort and you want it to be good and you're really like digging in on yourself and you know like like you're I notice I do it like I I start to like get down on myself about like a role Mm -hmm. any role and it's because I can't like I want it to be good I want it to I want people to go away thinking that was more that was worth more than the x dollar ticket that you know exactly yeah i'll never forget that moment we were sitting in poncho and lefties of all places (laughs) our americanized mexican restaurant here in brainerd minnesota tx mex it up yeah um yeah and they my mom and dad just met me for dinner before the auditions i wrapped up work for the day and they met me over there they were shopping or something Mm -hmm. um and yeah i couldn't eat anything I think I had two tortilla chips. Couldn't even put the salsa on it because I was afraid of what it would do to me. Um, <laughs> and I drank a Sprite, which I never, ever ordered. Like, my mom knew something know, was wrong because I like, ordered a Sprite. Fun fact about Travis. If there's fountain Coke products available, he will always order it. Usually a Diet Coke with a, with a lime. Yes, ma'am. Or unless we're at McDonald's, then it's a true Coke. Then it's a true Coke. It's a true Coke. It's a true Coke. Or for at Applebee's, it's a mango Arnie Palmer. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's my drink there. They know that now, and they bring me one to go. <laughs> I love that <laughs> they bring you one to go. I'm an Applebee's celebrity. Well, you did work there for how long? Two years. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, we were sitting there, and I ordered a Sprite, and when the waitress walked away, she said, what's wrong? <laughs> like, my mom just knows. She, like, and my She's dad. She's like, you don't drink clear pop. Her, no. You don't drink clear pop. Even though you should drink clear pop, you don't. You drink all the color, caramel color you can get your hands on. Yeah, all the stuff that'll yeah. give you an ulcer. The only clearest pop that I ever drink is ginger ale. So if I would have ordered a ginger ale, she wouldn't have thought twice about it. Because I just could have been like, I was in the mood for ginger ale. Because we're from the East Coast. That's what they drink there. It's done. Like, I just like me a good ginger ale. They have it available. But when I ordered a Sprite, she's like, oh, shit's going down. Like, what's going on? And that's what she said. I told her I was really nervous and I felt like I was going to throw up and I'm scared. Like, what if I can't do this anymore? It's been so long. And she said, you are only nervous because you care about this, and that's how I know this is going to work out for you. Yeah. And it did. Good good advice, Mama Shapoo. Does she listen to this? I hope she listens to I this. I don't think she does. Uh. I don't think my mom knows how to access the podcast app. Well, when I, I go for Christmas, I plan I to at like, least subscribe her and up, rate it up. Subscribe and then have her yeah. rate. Because... I think my sister might listen, but that's it. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. Yeah, I know her friends <laughs> listen. Hi, Christy. <laughs> well, moving on. This is my favorite question. I'm dying to know. that. I don't think you've ever answered it, like, as we've talked about it. Okay. Um, but shout out to Laura Marsalek for creating this question. Yes, but, queen. Uh, what is so? If you could make up a smoothie. Oh God. Of of any, and this is, um, you know, film actors, uh, stage actors, you know, who, what is your blend of different celebrities that make up your acting smoothie? Okay. So <laughs> it's a different kind of blend because um, they come from and it's not even just like male personalities. There's female personalities yeah. that influence this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Leah Michelle. She's one of my favorite. I have two female vocalists that I will stop and listen to no matter what they sing. Is Leah one Michelle and Catherine McPhee. Barbara. <laughs> Never, I love Barbara. I love Barbara. I do. She's I'm everything. Just- but I don't like, I'm not like running out to buy her new album kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I appreciate like Funny Girl is one of my favorite musicals ever. Oh, I'd love to do Funny which Girl. Which that's another movie musical we need to get on the docket. Just you, side note. Yeah. I'm putting that out into the ether. We'll put it in um, <laughs> But Leah Michelle has always had such an impact on me just because she's such, she's such a talent and she's such a, she's such a like a charismatic person mm-hmm. and she just she's gone through it as far as like the different things that you yeah. she's done film she's done stage she's done tv mm-hmm. um so she's a great example same with Catherine mcphee the two of i mean she got her start on american idol and she's still working yeah and she's Go still working her. she's still working she did smash which is one of my favorite television shows oh, that was canceled that. way too early shame on nbc i, I would also like listening. to see that show like rebooted like just a show rebooted but the actual like broadway show oh bombshell, bombshell done yeah i'd I think like to that, see that done i've seen rumors that it's like in the works kind of thing <laughs> i sing stuff from the hit list musical mm-hmm. that her and like jeremy jordan put together as their characters on the show mm-hmm. i have those songs on my phone all the time i do them a lot <laughs> i do them all the time i love it um so those two, probably from like a female perspective. Okay. Um, and my the feminine perspective. From from like a feminine perspective, because I mean, got to have a little feminine perspective in there. It's always good <laughs> to have a little bit of everything. Um, pro tip, guys. Pro tip. Pro tip. Have a little <laughs> bit of everything. Um, 
And Jeremy Jordan is like my male idol. Everything. And everything. I aspire to do everything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just so like down to earth too. And everything so, that he like, does. He's so sweet and cute. And I just want to like put him in my pocket. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I would say him. Um, and then I would also say Ben Platt just because I love um, his vocal tone and his stage presence. Mm-hmm. So I draw a lot of stuff from him. Um, and then someone that not people are going to know. And it's not that like <laughs> I draw any acting perspective from him because this person isn't an actor. But just from like a personality wise thing and like treating people nice and like bringing that to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake McCoy. I don't know if anybody knows, but he used to be an anchor person on the Care 11 news team. <laughs> um <laughs> And then he... Care 11, Minnesota. So if you are not from... If you're not from Minnesota, you won't... Well, they might now because he left Care 11. Okay. And he's now an NBC News correspondent based in Chicago. But he's on like the Today Show, NBC Nightly News. Like he is where they need him. Um, And he's everything. (laughs) I remember coming out of my room one day and like... I have a news anchor. I, I have. And I... He follows me on Twitter, and I don't tweet enough, so we really need to reconnect. Um, <laughs> he's he's just an amazing person. Okay, and like, I am, I don't remember him, but it'll be worth the Google. I oh, it's so worth the Google. <laughs> um, he he's he's just so pretty sometimes. Is he and like by sometimes Anderson I mean Cooper, all the time. Like good looking. Oh. Yeah, I'm down then. So <laughs> handsome, I can't even deal with it. But aside from that, he's also like super charismatic. Mm-hmm. He has such a professional demeanor about him, and like he has such a way of like putting a news story together that it like makes people want to care mm-hmm. and like listen to what he's saying and like bring attention to the topic and one which he's reporting. So I really, really appreciate that, and. I'll never forget the day I came out of my bedroom. I had moved back in with my mom. And I don't watch the news because I have an iPhone. So I just wait for my, I just <laughs> wait for my iPhone. You could have just said, I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm a millennial. So I just wait for my phone to tell me what I need to know. Um, I don't read a paper unless there's an article about me in it because I'm a total narcissist. Uh, 100%. <laughs> which I've said it out loud and I said it myself so everybody can leave me alone. 100%. I get it. Um, but... Um, I walked out of my room and I like put my glasses on. I was getting ready for work in the morning. And I, he was doing the sunrise show at that point, and I looked at the TV and I was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> and my mom said, "That's Blake. He's new." And I said, "I'm gonna marry him." <laughs> and I still believe that. I still believe that the cosmos are gonna bring us together. Okay. He tweeted about me one time. He did. I dressed up as Taylor Swift's 1989 album cover for Halloween like four years ago. (laughs) And I'm on his Twitter. You can check it. It's a thing. I believe you. Well, that's a real thing. Okay. It's deep and it's real. So (laughs) shout out to you, Blake McCoy. For some reason, you're listening to this. I'm going to Google deep dive him and he's going to be married and it's going to crush your dreams. He's not married. I know he's not married, but I do maybe think he might have a boyfriend now. Which Mazel tov. I mean, if it's, <laughs> it's not me. I hope it's somebody else just, just as wonderful. Please have an Instagram so we can follow you in your adorable life. Yeah, he does. I follow it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been following it for four or five years now. Good for you. It's okay. everything. He's like the he's like my attainable Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's how I've always thought of him as my attainable, You're attainable Zac Efron. Zac Efron. That's... Which, side note, Zac Efron got a beard. And if you do not follow him on Instagram, you should be. Because that thing is outrageously hot. I like a good man with facial hair. Oh. <laughs> Zach went off on his beard. That is everything. Well, we're not going to dive into like a four-hour discussion about how hot Zac Efron is. That'll be the next one. We, <laughs> we could. It's definitely possible this comes back for part two. Mm. Oh yeah when we do the greatest showman awesome. yes <laughs> can't wait for that episode um so let's just get to the topic at hand let's talk about seuss <laughs> yeah let's talk about it seuss, i'm into seuss, it seuss, seuss, seuss. i was there <laughs> you were there um i guess my first question is what intrigued you most about being involved with that show like was it because it's something to do, or because you like the character of Horton, or... Side note, Travis played Horton. Horton. Horton the elephant. Horton the elephant. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the thing that was most intriguing about it um, was the fact that Ben was directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ben, Stephanie, and I are both first-time directors for this season of Gloppa. Um, they decided to take a risk and bring in new blood and do new new directors for this year which i think is awesome awesome but all three of them are musicals all three are musicals all three are huge musicals yeah and not little musicals big shows yeah, I mean, <laughs> even stephanie now has a cast of like 23 people mm-hmm. um so it's you know we had 28 in Susical. there's 23 in adam's family and yeah. lord knows how many there'll be in the little mermaid so <laughs> we may have to build a new stage i don't know um <laughs> If some rich billionaire wants to just come and build Pequot, an amazing, you know, yeah. performing arts center for Glapa to work at. Yeah, of. Kendall Jenner, if you're listening, if you could just donate some money, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> or Jeffree Star, if you're listening, you're a billionaire. Um, love just, you. I'm talking about any billionaire. Welcome I don't care back what you to do. Our theater. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you, just in general, because performing arts centers are so key. I know they're so needed too. I'm really excited for the new B pack to open up here. I'm just hoping it gets that everybody's input who should be inputting gets inputted inputted yeah <laughs> i don't know how to like yeah i got you i got you though like I know, say I know that without saying. being like really pointed about i know what it. you said <laughs> i got you i got you um but yeah i was just really intrigued to work with ben because um you've well, only worked with ben as an actor and super super nervous what was that you've only worked with ben as an actor only as an actor yeah um i've never like worked i've never been like I've never stage managed anything that Ben has done. I've mm. always just worked with him as an actor. Mm. And up until, you know, um, She Loves Me was done, I'd never really had any interaction with Ben because oh, okay. we were in Beauty and the Beast together. He was LeFou and I was Lumiere. So we never really crossed paths during no, the show you, you aside from like one little interaction like that was about a second long. Yeah. Um, but that was it. So... It was different, um, and I wanted to. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of each show this season in some way, shape, or form, um, to just see how it all pans out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the show, I thought, well, this is probably the role that I'm the most suited most for. suited for. I guess um, there are other ones that I could have done in the show, and I would have been fine doing anything. Um, but yeah, I just put Horton on my form, and it all worked out. Ben called me and offered me the part, and I was excited to do it. So Good. we did it. I well, I thought, and I 
thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Um, I also took my son to it, and he also thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I was accosted by him in the Joy Line. You, he accosted you like post show, and, and I loved every second of it. Um, yeah, he's like, I had such a great time, and he could not stop talking about it, like post, you know, on the on the way home and yeah. things like that. So, um, I have to know what was your favorite song from the show. That's like. I, it's always my favorite question to ask people who've been in a musical. What was your favorite song? Whether it was one of yours, whether one of Horton's songs, or just the show in general. Um, there were a couple. I guess if we're talking about ones that I sang, um, I really liked "Alone in the Universe." Um, just because it's kind of tender, it's kind of sweet. It's not super. It's not sad at all. But you just kind of get to see. The beginning of the relationship between Horton and Jojo um, and how that begins to blossom. Overall, like my favorite song to do is like that whole ending sequence with the people versus Horton the elephant. Um, just because Horton goes off. He finally has had enough of everything that's happened to him and the whole journey that he's gone through this whole show. Mm-hmm. And he's done. And he freaks out and he screams at everybody and he tells them like, this is what's going to be what. And deal with it you know and then they end up telling him like no sir but at least he tries (laughs) because the thing about horton is like he will never never ever ever stand up for himself no but he's always standing up for somebody else exactly he'll Mm -hmm. let you do whatever you need to do to him and he even says it in the show like you can do what you want with me your honor and i won't question why but please save who Mm -hmm. the tiniest planet like he only is yelling and he's only getting upset because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to whoville Mm mm-hmm he doesn't care what happens to him. <laughs> you can boil me in oil, but please yeah, don't boil. Yeah, please just don't boil the dust back. Like, yeah. That's all he cares about. So, yeah. Uh, I like that song. Salasalu was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I always got I'm a sucker sad. for like a good ballad. Like a yeah. good like, oh, it hit me right in the field. <laughs> that's the main reason I wanted to play Horton was just because he got to do ballads. Mm-hmm. And I... I prefer to sing ballads. Other people like upbeat stuff because they get to like take their mind off like not being as nervous when they're singing and it just it happens faster. And I'm the opposite. I just I like doing ballads. I like when there's a message Let and me just, stuff behind it. You know, throw notes at your face for, for, for yeah, three minutes. <laughs> exactly. You know, and he got to do some of that really fun, fun ballady type stuff. So mm-hmm. That was one of my main reasons why I wanted to be him, which was just to get to sing him. those songs, yeah. Okay. If you could have played anyone else in the show besides Horton, who would you who would you have wanted to be? Um, maybe the cat in the hat. Mm-hmm. Just because they get to like Kate got to like run around the stage the whole time. Like, <laughs> she was the only they're the only character that gets to move between both worlds. Okay, yep. Kind of thing. Like they're involved in every aspect of mm-hmm. what's happening. They're the narrator, the puppeteer, you know, they're behind the wheel of the entire thing. Um and I think Kate did such a wonderful job with that role. She I thought she so brought a funny. lot to it. She was so funny. <laughs> There was one line every night she goes out on the stage with JoJo and she says, kid, fasten your seatbelt because now things go wrong. (laughs) And she, the look on her face every night when she came off, she was always laughing to herself and she always said, because I was right there, that's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And she just loved it. And I, 
I told her on like the second to last night, I said, you only get to do it one more time. And she went, shh, don't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just she loved that. And I just, I liked the the sassiness and everything that the cat got to do. Mm -hmm. I'm super glad that it got to be played by a female. Yeah. And a female got to get to put their spin on it. Because we always talk about how like there's not a lot of strong like female independent roles like that. There's very, they're far and few between. Exactly. (laughs) And we got to take one that, stereotypically should have been cast as a male mm-hmm. and we got to put a female in that role and watch them watch them work watch them kill so, it on just murder the game just strut that's <laughs> what i was saying so it was a lot of fun yeah so i would probably want to if i could do the cat you would do the cat i would do the cat okay. yeah that was fun um i guess we're getting close to the end here but what are you most excited for people to have taken away from the show you know, we haven't at Gloppa, there hasn't really been a kids' kids show um, since Frog and Toad. Mm-hmm. Frog and Toad was done a few years ago as the summer show. Um, in my opinion, it wasn't as well attended as I would have hoped that it would have been. I wonder if just people aren't as familiar with it as. Maybe. I mean, I can personally say I had never heard. See, and of I had it read as a the children's books as a thing. Child. It was not one that yeah. I was brought up with. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the Dr. Seuss thing when I was young. I remember having like Green Eggs and Ham and One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish. You always have like a stack and... of like 50 books because, yeah. you know, Seuss has written like. You know, like 50 The Grinch books. was always a thing we watched yeah. at Christmas. So it was always something that was like around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Frog and Toad wasn't. But there's a lot of need out here for for kids to be able to go to things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of families that would like to go to stuff together. Mm -hmm. But if all these families are trying to go, there's no babysitters out there for all these freaking kids. (laughs) Um, So they need somewhere to be able to bring their kids to enjoy it as a family. So I was really excited to be a part of a show that was going to be very inclusive for all ages. And that's something that I noticed just being in the audience. Um, Susical and... A little bit. Obviously, there's a lot of bright colors. There's a lot of things going on. Right. Um, which is huge for smaller, small, you know, like small children. But my mom, because my parents went with myself and then my son, it was the first thing my mom mentioned at like intermission. She's like, I cannot believe how well all of these children are yeah. sitting and paying attention. 100%. <laughs> we all had worries about that. And there wasn't, I remember hearing a kid cry for maybe like a second. And yeah. that mom took them out yeah like i never there was we could tell we had their attention absolutely and it was so like i was sitting next to just like a group of like children and just like looking down and just watching that i mean they're i mean they're sitting cross-legged they're you know elbows up their hand you know they're or they're leaning they're grabbing the seat in front of them like they're they were like enraptured and i'm like oh I felt the same way when we did Beauty and the Beast. Like, yeah. Beauty it, and the Beast was maybe almost a little bit more intense because there were like entire rows of little girls all dressed in princess gowns. <laughs> like just watching Belle so intently. That's so cute. I mean, and we, we they did a thing after that show was done where we would bring out the throne that like Eddie and Joy would sit on mm-hmm. and the you kids got pictures. to take pictures with the prince and princess and stuff. Oh, so that's cute. But just being like... You didn't really get it with this show. You didn't get this immediate reaction. There were mm-hmm. little parts where you got like giggles, and you know people laughed at some things that were funny. But yeah. it's not one of those shows that's like slapstick comedy 
Um, you know, like Young Frankenstein kind of yeah. thing. There's not all these huge belly laughs that come out of it, but there's this really good message that comes out of it, you know? Absolutely. That a person's a person, no matter how small, yeah. and everyone matters, and no matter who you are, what color you are, what gender it you are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People are people. People are people, and everybody should be respected and loved, and, you know, and I think that was something that really resonated with a lot of the people in the audience, and getting to see everybody after, and their reactions when it was over really sold it to us that we had done a good job mm -hmm. and like the kids coming up to us after the show was over my son included oh my God, I couldn't. <laughs> there were these there were two interactions i had i think i signed like four autographs <laughs> throughout the run for kids um and one for a gentleman named mike <laughs> stephanie's my friend <laughs> but he did it as a gift and it was very sweet he did it as a gift it was super cute and he like signed he like put it in a frame and stuff and it was mm -hmm. uh, it was adorable but there was one girl who, and I don't want to like speculate in case like her family listens to this or anything. Yeah. But um, I don't know if she was suffering from like alopecia or if she was going through chemotherapy or something. Yeah. But she had kind of like, you know, patchy hair and you could tell that, you know, she just wasn't, she yeah. was sick in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, and she came up and she grabbed my hand and she like hugged me around my leg. She was just this cutest little thing. And she like looked up at me and was like, can I take a picture with you, Horton? And I was like, yes, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> so I like picked her up and I put her on my knee and I knelt down and we took pictures. And Aww. it was like just the kid's reaction. And there, there was one little like five-year-old that came through and he shook my hand like a man. And he went, I enjoyed your work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. I enjoyed your attendance. Like, thank you for coming. It was like, so cute. That's such an adult reaction. I was yeah. like, I enjoyed your work, sir. There was another kid who is probably on the spectrum somewhere. Um, and he just came up behind, not really behind me, but he like got me from the side. Mm -hmm. And he just hugged me. And I wasn't even looking his direction. He just came up and hugged me. And I... I I was taken aback by it because I, I mean, at first I was like, whoa, what's going on? And then You're I, like, are you a kid that I, I know, but I don't remember? Yeah, and then I saw like it was just a child. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you're not yeah. going to hurt me. Like, hi, how are you? And I just, I hugged him back and he didn't really speak. Mm -hmm. um, and his mom just said it was a big deal that he was like even here, that he even like came out and like Aww. put himself in this situation. And she just said that you were his favorite and all this stuff. And he came back like a minute later and asked if he could have a picture with me. And I said, absolutely. And he's, he said, do you think the Grinch would take a picture with me? And I said, I know he would. <laughs> I said, go get him. And he just ran right over and he like accosted Nakoa like he got me. And he asked for a picture. And yeah, Nakoa took a picture with him too. And it was super cute. Just to see the effect we had on the kids and how much they enjoyed it was, was well worth everything we went through to put the show together. Oh, yeah. Because it was see? a disaster. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Putting this entire freaking thing together. I, <laughs> I was just going to ask you, how did the rehearsal process go? God, I've never wanted something to be over more in my entire life. <laughs> like, and I say that with love and endearment towards the whole process. <laughs> and the I really do. But we all dealt with a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're dealing with um, a lot of different, because we had a lot of kids in the show. Yep. It was adorable how much these kids love being there. Yeah. I mean, they built these friendships that they never would have built had they not been cast in this show. Mm -hmm. And the bonds that they created, I mean, at the last show, they were all bawling. Aww. It was adorable. See, I can't handle that. Like, watching other little kids cry. I'm like, oh my God. No, and it was just like, you know, 
we had our and it's not even that I didn't enjoy working with the kids because I really did we had a great time Mm -hmm. Um, towards the end they really found like okay we actually do have to be quiet backstage because there's like 400 people out there and they can hear us (laughs) you know so like it all kind of resonated with them towards the end okay like the rules that we've been telling you about for the last eight weeks like they make sense yeah they're real they are a real thing Um, and they do have to be followed Mm -hmm. Um, but we dealt with a lot of other stuff like we had kids um, we had kids break into the theater one oh, day, I, I and, remember hearing about this. Yeah, they were in our pit and they were beating each other with these inflatable dumbbells that one of the cast members had actually purchased. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't even something that Galapa had bought. This mm-hmm. was something that they bought for their character, and they were like, they didn't want reimbursement or anything. They were yeah, just they like, just I'll buy them. them. Like they're for the show, and mm-hmm. you know, I must want to do my part or whatever. Yeah, and these kids broke in and they beat each other up with them, and then did they? Didn't they ruin? One, one of them, them broke. One of them broke, and then um, did they break a slide whistle too? That was a separate occasion. Oh so after the dumbbell thing, one of the girls came in who was in the show, and I'll just I won't say names just for anonymity in case forever who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. But she showed us her phone, and she said, "Hey, this like these kids were in the pit today because they posted it on Snapchat." A side note to you young Gen Zers, is that what Yeah, you called? Gen Zers, if you're going to break rules, don't post don't it on your social post media. Don't it on your social media. Because you're going to get caught. Exactly. Like, that's but... what it's for. <laughs> so, yeah, they posted these videos on Snapchat. So I whipped out my phone mm-hmm. and I told her, I said, I'm going to record. You play it because you can't, like, screenshot can't it or anything because yeah. then they know you looked at it. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to our community ed director and I just said, okay, like this is an issue. How are kids getting in here? Mm-hmm. Like, cause we lock the doors and everything up when we leave. That's, that was my question when I heard, when I first heard about that, just, I guess it's another lesson too as well. Um, cause I know Pequot tends to be really good about teaching kids respect mm-hmm. and respecting other people's property and respecting the school's property. Right. Cause we're lucky to be there. Exactly. I mean, and that they want to have us in their facility and help let, let us use it for you know, our purposes. And, and being an option for those kids who want to be involved in the performing arts, giving them, you know, outside of what's available at school. Right. Um, giving them another outlet. Giving exactly. them Giving them a chance to work with adults. Mm-hmm. Like a, a whole cast of adults and learning from there. Because I, I feel like... Um, um, I didn't do a whole lot of community theater as a, as a small child. I did, I did a lot of like Prairie Fire and Missoula and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of those older kids, or just even in dance, you have a lot of those older kids who, you know, oh, if you have questions, you can come to me or I'll help you with this and things like that. Giving, especially those teenagers, mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to be like, here's what you can do. And, um, you know, if you have questions, don't hesitate to ask me. I can help make you better. Um, or maybe I can make it easier for you. But when I had heard kids had broken in to the pit and just assumed that that was an okay thing to do, like, it broke my heart. Because we would never, you know, break into a gym and, you know, deflate all the basketballs or or pull all the nets down or or do anything like that. Like, we were grateful for the space that we have. We appreciate the space that we have. And we try to make it not only better for us, uh, because Glapa has, you know, purchased a lot of things for that theater exactly and we can't take them with us exactly and those stay in the high school theater so not only does it benefit us it benefits you 
and to have somebody just be like, well, I'm going to destroy some property today. I'm like, God, just, yeah. who's your parent? Who yeah, exactly. Who raised you who, kind of thing? Like, who, who are your influences? Exactly. Who you are know? your influences? And why would you think that's a good idea? And it just kept happening. Mm-hmm. So and there was another occasion where the kids came in and they started playing the instruments that were in the pit. So it's like flu season and these kids are down there putting their mouths on everything. Ugh. And then the one kid was like, holding all the little instruments that Lisa, our orchestra director, would play. And he was, like, banging on the bell and, like, doing whatever. I still have these videos because mm-hmm. they're it's super amusing to just watch these kids. Yeah. Like, But the one had, like, the slide whistle in his mouth. And apparently he liked the slide whistle so much that he stole it. it just, so then we had to go get a different one for just, the show. And it's just, it was, like, PSA. Like, at the end of the day, you broke the rule, okay? And if you're going to do it, and you're going to, like, be rebellious, like, don't post it on your social media. Not that reason. Don't, just don't do it at all. <laughs> like, but in both occasions, they posted it on their Snapchats. Like, as it was happening, as they were being hooligans, <laughs> they were, like, telling the world they were being hooligans. But, you know, I've noticed this is a trend with the younger group. Like, people Facebook Live something. Well, I mean, these are the same kids that are eating laundry detergent because they think it's funny. Aside, why would you put a Tide Pod in your mouth? You know, like that's just a thing. That's Here's what they it. do. This that's is the Darwinism. Yeah. <laughs> that's natural selection, like mm-hmm. weeding out the dumb. Same. Like, <laughs> same. I've said that. There was a point where I had to buy Tide Pods at Target and the lady looked at me. <laughs> like she didn't even ring it up. She just stared at me. Like, and she said, What are these for? And I said, Laundry. Dirty clothes. <laughs> I said, If you'd like to know, um, my underwear is dirty, <laughs> and uh, it needs a washing. And, and she goes, "Oh well, you never know." And I'm like, "Ma'am, I'm almost thirty years." Old. <laughs> I said, "I don't. I won't be eating laundry detergent because I was actually raised by normal human beings that taught me right from wrong, and that that is wrong." I just, I, I never understood that. Like, I, just, I get it. The ice bucket thing for for ALS. Preach. Go dump some ice water over your head and also, also make a donation. Note, like, write a check. <laughs> yeah, write a check and do the thing. Like, it's awesome. Great. If that's going to bring awareness to the subject, awesome. But I'm never going to eat a Tide Pod. Ever. And I shouldn't have to be an almost 30-year-old in a Target checkout line being judged by the cashier. Because for she buying Tide Pods. <laughs> for buying detergent for my clothing. Oh, have you seen the new... I saw it and I thought it was, it was really great, especially for large families. The... Um, detergent with the spigot. Yeah. And now people are all up in arms because kids can just just drink it like it's a box of wine. And I'm like, how about you teach your child that you don't <laughs> drink detergent? It literally. Like, why is that a hard lesson? There's literally giant symbols all over a detergent box and bottle and everything that says. Do not yeah, ingest. Consume. If you ingest accidentally, I don't know how you accidentally. Well. I, Aside. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how you live your life. If you <laughs> ingest laundry detergent, call poison control immediately or get to a hospital. All right. <laughs> you need your stomach pumped. You, you crazy person. You crazy person. Why are you putting laundry detergent in your body? Exactly. So like you said, natural selection. If people are dumb enough to do it, bye. bye. Later. <laughs> like, that may be an unpopular opinion, but it's not my job to teach your kids not to drink detergent. No, so it's really not. don't drink detergent and don't post your hooligan like um, don't post your shenanigans. antics on Snapchat, Instagram, or not Twitter. just don't post your shenanigans. Just don't do it. Like yeah. be respectful of other people's property and especially, especially. Yeah, we had Twitter and Instagram when we were in college. When I was out doing like 
maybe stuff I shouldn't have been doing. You know, when I was out eating Cheez-Its at a college party, <laughs> eating I wasn't posting Call about back. the flavors of Cheez-Its I was consuming. <laughs> I kept that to myself <laughs> and just had fun and let it be a memory. Yeah. That's so. where it needs to be. You don't need to document all of your life. But anyway, Suzical was great. Suzical was great. Okay. <laughs> and I guess just to close it out, just a final thought on your the run of the show. We... um. I had heard that it broke even like the second night. <laughs> yeah. Rich had told us that if we had 150 people come to each performance. Um, it would break even. We would break even. Yeah. And we had almost full audiences the first weekend. So within the first weekend, the show paid for itself. That's so awesome. Um, and I know people are always like, well, it's not about the money. And it's, if the show is quality, it's great. But it's like at the end of the day, Galapa is also a nonprofit organization. Yeah. And we want to be able, both of us are a part of the, the, the Galapa board. Right. And um, we want to be able to bring bring new things or get new things and just make sure that your entertainment needs in the Pequot Lakes area are met and are exceeded. Met and exceeded. It, I mean, people talk all day, every day about shows up there that are things that are going on and the thing that hurts me the most um like i was talking it with just some co-workers that are in brainerd they forget and they're like oh because she um she has small children mm-hmm. and i was like yeah they're doing suzical in pequot they're doing suzical and she's like where in pequot she's like i completely forgot they have a theater program up there like a community theater there and i'm like yeah go Take, you should go. Take your children. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really reasonable ticket. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want a nice time out. Like, like a nice evening with the family. Like this year, Glapa is going to be a hit. I, I feel like just it's going to be for the families. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what this season was. That's why yeah. we built it because we knew that we needed something that was going to, you know, at the end of the day, we wanted to bring in some revenue for yeah. for Glapa and but at the same time we want to provide quality shows mm-hmm. and shows that people want to see. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we're doing. I think we had a great introduction to what that is for yeah. Suzical. That was a wonderful run. I think our It's going to lo- the momentum is going to keep going with Adam's family and then to kind of close it out with the little mermaid. I think it's going to be a really great season. Yeah, I think we're just going to have a great time. And like people need to realize that it costs a lot of money to put on these shows. I mean, the just to be able to have the rights to be able to say to you over the podcast that we are doing The Little Mermaid in July of 2019 this with Pequot Lakes Community Theater <laughs> almost cost us $6,000. Yikes. Just to do that. So, hey, guys, then make it's sure everything you go else to that show. So, yeah, <laughs> buy, please buy your come and see it because, Please come and God. see it. Please and thank you. Um, and none of the actors are paid. We are paid an experience. Exactly. So, you know, give. I think it's nice to be able to take your family out and not just like, you know, a, a date night is fun. You know, just mom and dad oh, going sure. and seeing a show. Obviously, it's needed and it's fun. But it's, I loved, I spent a lot of the show. To be fair, I had already seen it. You had already seen it. I had already seen it. But I spent a lot of the show like eyeballing back and like looking at Noah and seeing how he was reacting to things right and just seeing how his eyes lit up and how he was smiling like I was more and I saw a lot of parents doing this like just like watching watching their their kids. kids reaction to a show and how wonderful it is to like see them like make the connection they're like 
especially with Seuss, because everybody reads Seuss to their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, it's bright, it's colorful, and it rhymes. So yeah. you know, it's on the, the top list of books that you, you generally read to your children, plus all of the messages that Dr. Seuss books Oh, it's all good stuff. It's all, it's good, all stuff. good life building stuff. All good, nice life building blocks there. But uh, just, and I, you know, just watching the other parents watch their kids, just having a good time. Right. Having, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot to be here, you know, and just the excitement and like going post show. And like you said, those kids running up to you. I love to people watch and watching those kids' excitement, like coming up to Kate afterward and mm -hmm. meeting the cat in the hat, talking to thing one and thing two, you know, uh, you know, just meeting the cast in general, just just there. I, I I just like watching kids' reaction. I think the best like child reaction I've ever had in my life was when I was in high school and I was a, a varsity rangerette. And we were at the Just for Kick show, and I forgot something, so I like beelined it back to um, like our dressing room, mm -hmm. and I nearly ran a little like a mini kick, like tiny little girl. I like almost ran her over, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Are you okay? And then I like kept speeding away, and she whips to her friend. I almost got ran over by a rangerette. She was so ex like not upset. <laughs> she was so excited. A that punched me in the face. <laughs> like she was so excited that I almost crushed her. But I mean, having kids look up to you like that, and right? Just, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's so much fun. Yeah, I've already been recognized like four times out in public now. Just like who did? Yeah. <laughs> I was at Best Buy yesterday with. Um, you know, my friend River and um, Amy Borish was there, mm -hmm. and we were looking at something, and all of a sudden, one of the workers goes, "Oh my God, you were Horton! <laughs> you were Horton!" And she said, "Like Horton!" Like, she was so excited. And Have like, you had yeah. a little kid reaction yet? No, not out in public. Not out in public. No, yet. just parents. They though, haven't so made far. the connection, being like Horton. Right? No, I haven't had a kid like scream <laughs> Horton. <laughs> like target like across the store or anything <laughs> haven't had that yet looking forward to it though um, but no this lady was just, just like they'll they'll point they'll yeah like, oh my god the elephant <laughs> like ooh triggering um, <laughs> triggering triggering sorry kid um, but no she was adorable she was just an employee there and she goes you were so good you were such a good horn oh my god I can't believe you're here that's Aww. so exciting and I'm like I'm here all the time like I actually bought my MacBook Pro from you <laughs> um, but thank you please <laughs> anyway. continue to come out and see shows yeah <laughs> but no, just doing the show in itself just gave me a lot of excitement for stuff coming up. Um, there's an aspect of The Little Mermaid that it's something that I'm adding mm -hmm. um, that we haven't done before. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm really going to disclose what it is quite yet. Cause I think you hold that under your yeah, head. We're going to we... do an episode probably. We'll do a behind the director episode with Travis when we get a little closer to The Little Mermaid. Little but Mermaid, I but... saw it in action in the audience which I think I told you about. Yeah, yeah, you did. And yeah. <laughs> it showed me that, okay, what I'm doing it is, a necessary, is thing. necessary and it's important. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm excited for it. And it just, there's a, there's a lot of good things coming. So I just hope people are really excited for the rest of the season because Yay. we're, I know I we're all excited. We're all excited. I'm, I'm very excited because my son is also excited for The Little Mermaid because he, he did a costume after post-Susical. Oh, my God. That was so cute. And this kid just runs up to me. <laughs> and I've actually never met your son before. <laughs> You've only seen pictures I've of him. I've only seen pictures of him. I've never got to meet him in person. And he ran up to me, <laughs> hugged me, <laughs> and then said, Hi, Travis. 
And I just looked down and I said, you must be Noah. <laughs> because he looked just like Mama. <laughs> and he was like, yep. He's like, I came tonight and I watched the show. I thought it was really good. I thought he did a great job. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. I said, did your mom like it? He goes, I think so. I think she liked it too. And he goes, now does my mom have all the information she needs about the Little Mermaid? <laughs> and I said, I think so. I said, we talk about it on the regular. So yeah, I think your mom has all the info she needs. He, he goes, okay, good. Because I'm going to audition. And I said, well, that's amazing. I said, I really hope you come out. He goes, oh, I'm going to be in it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I love the confidence, bro. And I am into it. So come on down. I'm excited. So yeah. He's it's, not my child at all. No, you did not help create that human. Not one bit. Not even a little bit. Doesn't have your personality one lick. Nope. No, no, mm -mm. it was so funny. <laughs> and then, like, right after he was like, "Well, I'm gonna be in it." <laughs> I said, "All right, that sounds great. I'm excited." And he goes, "Okay, bye." And he just like <laughs> runs away. He goes, "I'm gonna find my mom." <laughs> he's waving. Squirrel. Yeah, I'm gonna go find my mom. He's like waving to me as he's running away. Like his face is one way, and his hands just back here, like waving at me. Bye. That's why I want to put him in theater, just because I think he'd... He's got so much personality. He does. He'll be so good. And, you know, music is definitely one of his, like, passions. He loves sure. music. So I just think it's a nice little mesh of kind of both. Plus, it's yeah. an excuse to spend more time together. Exactly. <laughs> well, I hope we get to give him the chance. Yay. Um, I guess final question for you, for Travis, even though we asked this to everyone, and you've probably said it before. Um, what would you like as your final word to the audience to be today? Aside from the PSA of keep your shenanigans off Snapchat kind of thing. Um, um, that would be Don't be one. a shenanigan in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I would say there's a lot. I've been impacted deeply by community theater. Mm -hmm. That I have been completely changed. And I can honestly look at you. And I can say this with complete sincerity. That this community saved my life. And... There's nothing aside from my family mm -hmm. that I hold dear in my heart than my theater family and the community theater opportunities in this area. Well, your theater family loves you. I know they do. <laughs> I know they do. And I love them all so, so much. And I know that other communities have community theater mm -hmm. and you can go and do shows there. Mm -hmm. But I am a strong believer that I don't think it would be as much of an experience as what you get when you do shows here. I just, I have a hard time believing that you'll find better people in this world to do shows with. I think we have built just such an amazing, amazing platform for all of these people. And there's so much talent here. Yeah. So if you're listening to this for some reason and you have not come to a show before, however you found this podcast. Yeah. If you're in Minnesota or if you're close and you feel like taking a drive. Yeah. Um, come and come see up us. North. I know we didn't get named the best community theater in in uh, Minnesota, but it says a lot when going through the not like uh, I think it was WCCO. Yeah. Yeah. WCCO did a big poll on best community theaters in Minnesota and both the CLC Performing Arts and GLAPA were nominated and they're about 25 minutes apart from each other as mm -hmm. far as travel distance to have two northern theaters 
that are that close to each other nominated Mm -hmm. um, along with the Barn Theater in Willimer and I I think it was a theater in White Bear Lake was the other Mm -hmm. one. Um, Just to be, we didn't win. But to be to, to have two of the top four community theaters. Two of the top four community theaters to be nominated when I know that, you know, we don't have budgets like, you know, right. like a city community theater would. We don't have, you know, we don't have access to costumes like, uh, you know, some of the, I mean, we can, but we it, can, again, but it comes. a lot of the stuff we make, like Heather made everything like for Suzical. 90% of those costumes, Heather hands stitched, sewed with her own sewing machine. Yeah. Those chucks that everybody was wearing, about 80% of those were dyed. Yeah, that she did. That she did, you know? (laughs) And And those are amazing. So So you just really need to come and see it and embrace the people that are here. And if you're somebody who's listening to this that hasn't um, gotten out of your shell enough and auditioned for one of these shows, I highly encourage you to do so. I highly encourage you to audition. And if you don't feel like you are there quite yet to audition, Make a point to come see a show. Because sometimes coming and seeing a show pushes you to, you're like, wow, like look at all those people having such a good time. Mm-hmm. Or just seeing, um, I know what kind of pushed me into um, kind of auditioning again was going and seeing A Christmas Carol the first time when you guys did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. and just seeing the cast afterward, like talk to each other. I'm like, I miss that. Like, yeah. I miss that camaraderie. I miss I miss doing all things like that. So I would have never guessed that that's the experience I would have had with that. Yeah. I never would have pinpointed that at all. It was very, very special. And I don't like to toot horns very much, but I do like, I do owe a lot to that experience and the people that got me involved there. Because mm-hmm. um, it did open the doors for the rest of my career that I have kind of going right now. I call it a career, but. Um, I make, a, you know, zero dollars doing it, but, it, but it's a, it's an emotional career <laughs> yeah, path that go. I'm on, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would just say, please embrace it. Enjoy it. If your kids need somewhere to go and you're looking for somewhere for either to entertain them for a day or they want to get involved fully with the show, bring them out. I think yeah. it's, you know, I've, I've always said the kids should at least do one theater production and everybody should work as a server for one year. Hundred percent. Because you learn a lot. You learn a lot so, about things. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to see what's next. I'm excited to have a bunch of high school aged kids that are very interested in the Little Mermaid right now. Um, I get Instagram messages all the time on the daily about um, it. from different people. So I'm excited. Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, new faces. <laughs> new faces are nice. They're obviously the old faces will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you come for Sebastian, if you come for Sebastian, get ready for fight. It's gonna be fight time. Get ready to fight for the crab. Ding ding ding. Ding ding. <laughs> ding, ding. Less fight. <laughs> I just want to be the crab so bad. I know you do. I know you do. And I really hope. I really hope I can cast you as the crab. I have to be the diplomatic director. Yes, I and won't. Say everybody needs to audition. I'm willing to take anything because I want to be a part of the show because I think it's gonna be a great time. But you've gone in for it. I get it. You've gone in for it. There's other. There are roles in this show that I am not looking forward to casting <laughs> at all. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> I am not looking forward. I will. I can like. Uh, yeah, I'm just. not We'll get into it on it. a later podcast. Yeah, though. it'll happen. It'll happen. We'll be but back. today, um, so uh, we're going to get into. Uh, we're gonna comment on your comments. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yay! Producers' have, corner. We're getting into the producers' corner, which is more me talking. Um. But we've got two new reviews 
through our Apple podcast. I'm really, really excited. Um, so I'm going to read the, the big one first, which comes from our friend Nicoa. Nicoa Perkins. Nicoa Perkins. Thank you so much. On the edge of listening, do it. And Nicoa says, I haven't I have gotten to know one of the pod one of the hosts personally through an upcoming show that Travis and I are both a part of. I have to say, even in person, he is a dedicated, kind, and considerate person. He puts in puts all puts all into his performances, but most of what I like about this host is that he takes the time to make sure everyone is welcomed into this crazy, wonderful the- family that we have in theater. Rachel, I've only seen in passing of this production. But she has a charismatic aura that surrounds her and a smile that matches it. You is so sweet, Nakoa. <laughs> These hosts are amazing people that have a true understanding of theater productions and of how they work on and off stage. They connect well with their viewers and fellow actors for they are walking in the same shoes as us. If you are drudging through <laughs> drudging through work all day, waiting for rehearsals, I highly suggest listening to this podcast to get your creative fix while you're at work. You won't regret the last you'll share with these charming hosts as they hold open the door to the fantastical life that is theater. Oh my, I have all the feels right now. That Isn't is he just amazing? Oh, so sweet. I am so, Nikoa is somebody that I met doing Suzical. Oh. And he is, he's such an amazing person. Nikoa, come on the podcast. So, we need to get side you on note, the podcast. our friendship started because I coerced him into taking over my role in The Haunt. <laughs> because I overlooked some calendar conflicts that I had. And I had, before calling Lauren Nickish to tell her I couldn't do it, I had to find a replacement so I didn't feel as bad. <laughs> and I didn't know this kid at all. Uh-huh. And I just was like, well, you're new. Maybe I can make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're new. You can do and it. And he politely said yes. And thankfully he did because I was kind of between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And I went to the one rehearsal that I could go to to like train people in and like mm-hmm. help out where I could. Um, and him and I, we had both just mentioned that we were hungry and nobody else was. And I was like, well, do you want to go to like Zorba's nearby and get pizza? Mm-hmm. And we ended up sitting there for like four hours and just, just learning about each other, learning about each other, just talking, getting to know each other on a deep level, friendships. And he's, he's one of my closest friends right now and probably will be forever. He is an amazing person, and I'm so glad he's part of this community because he's super talented. Me too, because also we like new men in the area. (laughs) Yeah, we need all the new men. We need all the new men. So to have a guy show up with some talent too, it was like, okay, I can put you anywhere you need to be. Here you go, sir. How are you doing? Um, So thank you, Nicola, for the very, very sweet, very long, the very sweet... Um, review and like five ones. five star review. Yeah. So uh, the second five star review that um, we got that I I, I kind of knew about the one that Nicole left, but this is from the username is the Heckening, and I don't know who you are, but you know shoot us an Instagram DM or something or send us a Facebook message because we'd like to give you a shout out. Because all I can say is the Heckening. Also a great drag name. <laughs> Okay. 100%. 100%. But they gave us a five-star rating, and the title of the review is Quality Content. I love quality content. 
I love quality. I like that quality content. Um, and they wrote, it's very short and sweet, but very to the point, uh, an incredible and insightful look into the inner workings of community theater. The hosts have phenomenal chemistry and every guest is fantastic. So if you've been a guest on the podcast. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to you guys. The heckening um, thinks you great. Um, <laughs> but we have phenomenal chemistry. Well, look at that. Look at Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thought that would happen? Oh. Well, thank you, The Heckening. And like Rachel said, if you are listening to this, which I hope you are. Please and thank you. Um, please hit us up on our Instagram page. Send us a DM. We'd love to find out who you are in person and just, you know, thank you. Yeah. Because we really appreciate you taking the time to review us and leaving those comments for us. Exactly. And we see Nicola on the regular, so I'll make sure to uh, well, give him a big old hug next yes, time exactly. I see him. Next time I see him, I'm going to be like, oh my God, you'll put him there. So oh, you'll put him face to you. Thank you. Um, but all of the links for all of our social media will be in the show notes. Uh, if you want to listen, you can listen to us multiple different locations obviously if you have an iphone you have the apple podcast app uh we again are now on spotify please follow us you gen zers have no excuse now no it's there none um uh, you can also listen directly through the website at i can't i have rehearsal podcast.com um you can listen either stream it right from the website or download it to listen to it later um please again Oh my gosh, I'm hungry. Someone's hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the bad part about two mics. Now those belly growls. Now you can hear all the everywhere. belly growling. Uh, <laughs> please make sure, again, to like, subscribe. Leave us a little comment either on the website or through Apple Podcasts. Or give us a shout out on the Instagrams or on the books of face. Yeah, tag us as you're listening to it or yeah. like listening to it with friends. It's just fun to see you guys really enjoying this. Exactly. And... We will see you in the next one. Goodbye. Dang voice cracked. I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a podcast for the creative visionary. Born from the imagination of Travis Chaput. Edited and produced by Rachel Klein. Brought to you in part by Squarespace. And scene.